This is the ace of space, LSG, and you are watching and listening to the Three Count Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up that mountain called wrestling. And like every good Sherpa, which I like to think I am, and after our 280-something episode, I would want you to finally do what, you know, what you do with Roman Reigns. Acknowledge me as your Sherpa. But like every good Sherpa, it's never about me. It's about who's entering. So who's entering the ring today? You can find this man at Invictus. You can find this man at Fight, Wrestle Pro, AEW, ESW, WXW, MFPW, ISPW, Excite, ROH. He is the human rocket. He is the king of the kill. He is the ace of the space. He is Leon St. Giovanni, or better known as L.S. G. What's up, man? What's up, Red Dog? Yo, what's thank up, you, thank man? Thank you for having me. Hell nice yeah. intro. That was a hot intro. Thank you. <laughs> I'm fired up. I'm fired up. <laughs> yo, I was telling people, I was like, yo, I'm available for intros. Like, if people want yeah. me. Like, when I when I retire out of, like, competition and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just be somebody's manager, I can still set it off. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yo. So we met at we met at one CW man, yeah. and I I've, I've seen you a couple times work over at one CW, and I was like I finally kind of balled up and was like, hey man, do you want to come on our podcast? Because I was, <laughs> it's it's different being around some people that you like know have been to some places, and you're just kind of like shy about like asking people. So I was like, let me just reach out and just talk to them because obviously like that's how all great conversations start. <laughs> yeah, man, you you'll never know until you until you ask. So I'm glad you asked though. Definitely, I, I love talking, telling my story, telling people about me, you know, introducing myself to new fans, to new listeners. Hell yeah. Well, the first question right off the yeah. jump is, who is LSG? Well, LSG um, was definitely a kid who dreamed of being a wrestler, who but never thought it was possible, never thought that was something you could actually do with your life. And um, as somebody who grew up as an artist, loving comic books, superheroes, um, I guess the idea of being more than human, being something better, something special, something super, always fascinated me. And being a pro wrestler is like the closest thing you can be to being a superhero, I think. Um, getting to have that alter ego and, and going to fight bad guys. And just like LSG to me, the ace of space, the human rocket, he's, he's a hero for the people sometimes, not at 1CW, obviously. <laughs> but for me, it was always about being more than just a normal guy. It was like my outlet for creativity, for for me to be that superhero or supervillain. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was going to say it too. Like, even yeah. if you're a supervillain, like, you're still like, you're still there. Yeah. Uh, no, it's cool because like, I, I think about the same things too. Like, like the wrestling, wrestling world, it just you get to like put so much creative effort into something yes. and like build this whole entire world. And then the best part about the wrestling side of things is unlike, unlike things like theater or like movies, they kind of have the world built and the characters are in there. You're taking your world and like meshing it with somebody else's world to like make something cool for fans, like on the spot. Yeah. And I, I, I love that aspect of the sport. Yeah. And people don't realize that we don't have weeks or months to rehearse. Like, a play does or a movie where you're on, you know, you're practicing and rehearsing. We have an hour, maybe sometimes less 
to go out there and put on a performance for people and hopefully not get hurt <laughs> and yeah. put on a great match. People don't understand the pressure, the, the technique, the, the skill that it takes and the confidence that you need to have to go out there and perform like that the, under that those kind of circumstances. It's like, there's nothing like it. They're really, I mean, I would say maybe like going and doing improv maybe, but at the same time, you're not hurting yourself. You're not potentially hurting, harming your body with that. Right. And there's, there's always something new to like learn yeah. and there's always something to do like, nope. And, and we, everybody talks about it, right? Like nobody yeah. has this mastered, like you don't learn everything. Cause once you've learned everything, like clearly like you got to get out of the business. Right. And, yeah, and teach right. others. But yep. it's like, it's this weird thing where you're like, you're training yourself to fall and then you're learning how to, you're learning how to take a hit. Right. And you got to bump on that hit yeah. or you're, um, you're working on your character work and you're trying to work on your facials at the same time in front of a live crowd while you're still training and still getting, cause like I've only been in for like just under three years yeah. and like, I'm still like, like as soon as I get hit by like hit by a clothes, I'm like hit the ground, register the pain, then sell the pain to the crowd. And you're yeah. like, there's so much to think about. And then you're like, but act natural. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's wild. It's, it, there's nothing like it. I mean, <clears throat> the thing is like, taking a hit and falling like that is not, it's not natural. You wouldn't do that in real life. Like you wouldn't fall that way. You wouldn't react that way. So we kind of have to find a balance there where it's over the top, but it's also relatable to somebody to a fan that might be like, Oh, that looked like it hurt because of the way you sell it. Yeah. <laughs> one of my friends strange. was, uh, one of my friends was walking uphill uh, and it was icy and it was like, it's like January and he fell and he he smacked the ground and he was like he's like boom he's like ah oh, it was a good oh no that really hurt <laughs> i was like why did you hit the ground he's like how was this it was just it's just burning my memory <laughs> i was like that's oh man not fun <laughs> no not at all but i i love this sport and i i know you've been doing this for a few years like um how yeah. did how did you get into it well I mean, like, I would say, like, like a lot of people in my generation, we all did, like, backyard wrestling and stuff like that. Because, like, there's no little leagues or peewee, like, pro wrestling. So you're just having fun with your friends and things like that, just using that as a creative outlet. So, I, obviously, I was doing that, just goofing off with my friends and my cousin and my, my younger brother. And then I met um, a local wrestler named Eric Corvus. He was a New Jersey guy. Um, he's still active. Um but he was he was big with uh, Jersey All Pro Wrestling, which was was nearby, and he was training some guys. He had a, he had a ring. He was training some dudes, and he he took a liking to me and asked me if I wanted to train with them. So you know, for me, I didn't think it was possible. Like I said, to even pursue wrestling, like that just seems so crazy to me. Like, who becomes a pro wrestler? Like you don't you see it on TV. It just seems so far off of anything. Uh, but I was like, yeah, screw it. Why not? I'm going to try it. So took that route, started jumping from school to school, and then eventually found the Monster Factory. That's where I was like, I would say I was formally trained there. I was there for like four years. Um, and that's how I kind of made all my connections and met people in, in the business at the Monster Factory down in Paulsboro, New Jersey. Yeah, I know a lot of people that work at the the Monster Factory. Like yeah. it's it's insane to see like the names and the people that get pushed out of the monster factory. And you're like, wow. Like yeah. talk about like a legacy of like having like great talent come through and then just like branch out and then yeah. 
you have everything that happens, right? Because like even you have other places that spawn off, maybe in Georgia, that came from the factory. <laughs> Literally, that's what happened. You have QT Marshall, who who's one of my trainers there at the Monster Factory. He left and started his own thing down in Georgia. Now he's got the Nightmare Factory with Cody. So it's cool to see the influence that we have. And like you see the guys on TV that are killing it. Um, I think at like one point we had like six people under contract with different TV companies. Like yeah. you had me, my old tag partner, Ian Riccoboni from Ring of Honor, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, Nick Camarado, the Freak Beast. Uh, it's just like there's just so many people. It just is it's wild to see how like the success. And that, that's just like the newest crop. Right. And then even if you look like through like going just from east and when you go all the way from like Jersey down to like Florida, yeah. like the talent, it just immerses. And then you, you can yeah. ask people like, Hey, where did you wrestle? Where'd you train at? Oh, I trained the Moss factory up in Jersey. And you're like, but you're here in South Carolina. I'm like, yeah, no, it's cool. <laughs> but the talent spreads wide. So it's definitely, it's, it's cool to see. Um, so I don't know if you if you haven't been able to see me work yet, and it's I I can't wait because one day yeah. it'll happen. Uh, so I talk because a lot of trainers talk about finding like those five characters to make up your character, right? Yeah, like the wrestling character. Um, mine is like heavily influenced by this guy right here, and everybody who's oh, not yeah. watching us, Deadpool. Uh, but like Deadpool has a very uh, Hannibal King. Uh, it's like a lot of Ryan Reynolds. It's kind of like my tribute to him, I guess, is more or less. Um, and then just from there, like other characters here and there that I see, like one of my favorite ones would be like Eric Cartman. Who are your five characters that you said w- would say make up LSG? All right. If I had to pick out, because I'm a big comic book guy, I could probably pick out some traits or, or things from different characters. Um, <clears throat> one would be, it's got to be Superman because he's got that that Clark Kent, um, Superman you know, dynamic there where he's one, he's got to be two different guys that, uh, you know, I, I feel like that does play into like my actually real life too. So that's, that's definitely one. Um, two, I, I, uh, I really love Magneto, uh, because I feel like he's misunderstood. Um, he has a greater purpose. He's got, you know, I see, I see a lot of big picture things. Um, what I want to do with wrestling and, um, sometimes you have to, Convince people by force, <laughs> which is what I, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see, what do we got here? Um, I'm looking at my, I'm literally looking at my figure collection right now. Nice. <laughs> uh, I gotta go with Batman, of course, because he's got this like, um, he's a loner, you know, like that's, I feel like that's totally me, um, which is changing a little bit because I, I now I got a little group going, um, that I'm building, but I got my, my Robin and my Nightwing with me, so. Nice. I got my group, but definitely feel like I'm a loner. Um, I, I feel like it's a lot of times it's me versus the world. Um, mm. So definitely got to have like that feeling, Batman, Wolverine, those kind of characters. Um, and let's see, let me get one more. Ooh, this is difficult. Um, huh. Maybe a little bit of Spider-Man too. Because I okay. am a nerd, I'm a, I am a nerdy dude at heart. I'm a smart guy, but then I I put on that costume and I gotta you know I portray somebody who's strong, who's who can help people and or beat people up. So I feel like those um, those are probably the the characters I I have really too. 
I like that. Yeah. I like the lot. I know for me, uh, one I pulled from like Deadpool because I love like the aspect of just like beating somebody up, but also like making punchline jokes about it. Right. Yeah. And then the Lisa Hannibal from uh, Blade Trinity, because that's also played by Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Like he was the same kind of character. Oh, yeah. Like, making fun of making fun of Triple H. I love that. Uh, Remy LeBeau is one of my other favorites. Gambit is my favorite X-Men. And yeah. I just like that Southern charm kind of style that he has going yeah, on. Yeah, he's now. super witty. Everything he yeah. does, he's got something to say. <laughs> I love Spider-Man too. I think that's a yeah. great pull too, especially because like one, I if if people haven't picked up on it, I love witty characters and yeah. Spider-Man's in that world as well. And then like, yeah. you know, like you said, like he's very adaptive, but he's also very smart about like what's going on in terrain. I love yeah. your pull though about Magneto. I definitely, that is cool because like, that is a dude who's very misunderstood and a lot of people keep thinking all the time that he wants like the worst, but he actually just wants yeah. the best for people who represent what he has yeah. and not necessarily what everybody else wants. And I which that. I love, which I mean, I, that's why I love the newer, like the prequel movies because Michael Fassbender's version of Magneto, he really got into that. And like, they show that, that side of Magneto that you kind of relate to and you can understand why he's damaged or why he's hurt and right. why he does what he does. And I think every good villain has a has a great origin and a, a, a great like motive, um, and I feel like I that's something I want to bring into the world of wrestling. Like, you know, like one CW, I'm 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 new there. I just I only had two matches there so far. The first time was like very fun, happy, like kind of a comedy match, and right. then by the end of the night, it was totally different. Like I dropped, you know, I I I hit Miles uh, clothesline him and. You know the whole crowd turned on me and in the last event um that match with miles i feel like people got to see that like villainous side of me but now i think i next time i go back people will start like getting to know why i am the way i am and where i've been what I've, what's happened to me that made me this way um and hopefully they understand me if not then i'll just keep beating people down until they understand <laughs> until yeah. they listen. <laughs> i always tell people i'm like listen my character is very much 100 percent about contracts like I'm very loyal, but at the same token, like if you contracted me to go take somebody out, hey, yep. yeah, at the end of the day, <laughs> and I'm gonna do it like in the most comedic fashion as possible, right? Like yeah. I know um, I just developed a spot where like I grab a dude's leg and they swing, and I pretend like it's baseball, and I'm like, dude, you're no Aaron Judge, sit down, and I roll him over, like go to throw a super kick, they block it, hit him with the NZ, and I'm just like, ta-da, <laughs> so yep. like. And I hit the, the superhero pose. I do it every time. Like, as soon as I stand up, I'm just like, because ah. <laughs> I'm like, I always, uh, one of my favorite things is when dead, like when Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, yeah. he does the superhero landing and he like grabs his knee. I love oh, yeah, jumping yeah. off like the middle turnbuckle and like hitting the superhero pose. I'm like, oh, oh, superhero landing. Yeah. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, those kind of, those kind of things people will relate to and they'll like, that'll get a good reaction of a crowd. So yeah, that, I mean, you're still like you said, you're only less than three years in. That, the fact that you're already thinking about that kind of stuff is like it's great. So keep it up. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. Speaking about getting hurt, what's yes. the worst bump you've taken? Oh boy, uh, worst bump I've taken. <laughs> uh, I've taken some rough ones, but there was one I was wrestling in Hammerstein Ballroom at Ring of Honor, and a guy. I don't know if you're familiar with the, the bouncers, the tag team, the bouncers are big guys. This guy, Brian Malonis, he gave me a bandera. He flung me to the outside and I didn't get a chance to like grab the ropes. I literally just flung 
and my body just fell from like 10 feet to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) I was dead. Um, that I, lucky I didn't get, I didn't get seriously hurt there, but like, that was, I remember being midair and I'm like, oh man, this is it. I'm done. Like I'm going to get a concussion. I'm going to break my legs. I'm going to break my wrist falling. I was, it was crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Like, just like, as you're like up in the air, everything kind of positive. You have like that soft song that plays for you as you're like going down. (laughs) Oh yeah. That was it. Life, life flashing before my eyes. It was like the perfect combination of a giant man. And then like, I'm, 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 you know, less than 200 pounds. I'm like, he just, he's a strong dude. He flung me. And I just, I was like, oh my God, this is it. It's a wrap. <laughs> uh, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> this was, it was a great ride while this was yeah. going on. Yep. So me and Taker both had the same thing. We have our last rides. <laughs> oh yeah. Yo. All right. Well, uh, my other favorite question I love to ask is what's one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn being in the business? Oh, well, the, definitely the hardest one is, is learning how to deal with, um, rejection. Um, you know, when you're in wrestling, I mean, there's only a, there's a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of people that never deal with that. They start wrestling, they get picked up like that. They just, it just, everything lines up perfectly. But the, the percentage of that happening is so minuscule and so tiny and, and like rare, uh, most people in wrestling are going to feel some kind of pain or rejection. It's just part of the business. It's part of what we do and it's how you adapt and how you react to it that defines you, you know, like there's been so many times where I didn't get picked for something or, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, like look at, look what happened with ring of honor they closed down and everybody's unsure. And now we lost our jobs. And like, you think, you know, AEW is buying ring of honor and you think automatically you get picked up. It doesn't work like that. Or, you know, the Cruiserweight Classic happens and I think I'm, I'm going to get picked for it and I don't get picked for it. Somebody else does. Um, there's so many little things or like even there's, you know, extra work and you show up and you're eager to work. You're ready to go. You got brand new gear. You're in great shape. They don't pick you. It's just how you react to those things and, and how you let them um, affect you. I feel like that's the biggest lesson in wrestling. It's like take the rejection and you have to turn it into a positive for, I'd say the last year and a half of my life, like 2021. And then the first half of 2022, I was like really beat up mentally from, from just rejection and wrestling feeling like my place, like I had no place. Um, it really took a toll on my life, my personal life. And this summer really took the time to like, you know, reflect on it and see how I could learn from that rejection and just move in a positive direction. Take what I learned from that. Um, and some things are just not out of your control. You know, once you realize that some things are just not in your control, it makes your life a lot easier and you start having more fun again. And I feel like that's where I'm at now. I'm not so, you know, occupied with things that I can't control. You know, I can only control certain things, worry about that, be the best it can be. And things will fall into place. I like that. That's something yeah. that like I've kind of been like thinking about myself, and I and I say because eh, I'm I I made no secret on this podcast that I'm yeah. 37 years old. <laughs> like it is like I have to understand like I have a window, and my window is like not very big, obviously. But it's also the aspect of like I I'm gonna get hit with no a lot. So it's just like all right, well, do I try to be tactful and pick and choose places I want to go work at? Or do I just like shotgun it 
and throw out as much as I can to as many people as I can to see yeah. like what happens. And I, I, it's kind of hard to like pick and choose like what options to choose. So I always like, right. I always love going to like veteran people and asking them like, hey, like, what would you do in this situation? Yeah. I mean, there's a little combination of both. You know, one, you have to work on play. You have to get work. You have to get reps. So you might have to work in places that are not the best, but you'll get the opportunity to get reps at the same time. Um, you can't get lost in those smaller places. Like at some point, if you really want to do something and make some kind of impact in wrestling, you need to get out there, um, send out some resumes. You got to send out some footage. You got to talk to people. You got to meet people. You got to do ring crew. You got to network. You got to show up and help. There's so many little things. Like um, I tell a lot of students that I, I coach now, you know, sometimes you have to sacrifice getting a booking because there might be an opportunity to go learn from someone or you know, might be an opportunity to meet somebody that could help you. Um, so you, there just has to be a balance there. Um, I see a lot of people who maybe they don't want to make it or they don't really care about that stuff. That's fine. That's cool. Like there's nothing wrong with that. You could be a weekend warrior or somebody who does the smaller shows and just has fun with it. That's cool. But if you do have that desire to like go to that next level, you have to make sacrifices. You might have to give up a booking. You might have to go set up chairs that are at like a TV taping for somewhere or, you know, for example, like, um, I'm not sure when this will air, but there's like an MLW major league wrestling show coming up in Philly. And I know people are going to go there to help out with ring crew or there's new Japan. They have a show coming up, I think in Boston, um, or, or sorry, New York where they're going to need ring crew. And you might have to sacrifice getting your own booking that weekend to go do that, to meet people, to like network and, and learn. So it really, it really depends on what your goals are. Uh, once you define those goals, then it makes it a little easier to sacrifice a booking that to, to go do this and network. But <clears throat> yeah, it really, it really comes down to what, what do you want to do in this business? What do you see yourself doing? And then you have to just apply yourself and take that path. There's, there's, there's many routes. There's not, there's no, it's not black and white. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's different ways to get there. Yeah, I definitely, I notice that a lot when I talk to a lot of different people and then they look at me and they're like, you're, you're not anywhere where like, cause I guess, I don't know. There's like an aspect of like what people would think from like a second or third year kind of person. Yeah. But I was also like, I'm like, yeah, but I was in the military, bro. So I like, I have a lot of different mindsets and I have an yeah. older mindset. And like, obviously like I kind of like look for what I'm looking for. And, that, and I, that's why I was saying, I was like, I love listening to people who have like been to places that I haven't been to. Yeah. And I'm like, now I'm like, all right, cool. Now I'm more comfortable. Like, all right, if I tell this promotion, like, I can't make it because I have to go there. I have yeah. to do this. I mean, I know most people will be like, no, har no harm, no foul, right? Yeah. Like, Whatever. That's cool, bro. Thanks. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, like, for anybody who's listening, and this goes for any kind of, I think, any kind of um, form of entertainment, uh, especially with wrestling. So if you had any aspiring wrestlers out there, like, if you tell a promoter that, hey, look, I got to go do extra work. I got to go help out at this thing. This is a great opportunity. And if they get upset at you, they don't care about you. Um, that's what it comes down to. If they really care about you, they should be supportive of that. Um, sometimes you have to make those sacrifices. And, like, it's cool when, you're, when your home promotion or, like, those smaller shows understand. If you got to pull off to do this, like, you know, really you've got one life, man. Got to just you gotta take advantage of any opportunity that comes your way gotta do it gotta yeah. do it so actually so it's funny because i was gonna say like what advice would you give to upcoming wrestlers but you kind of already hit it on, yeah. hit it on the head so i guess my next question is gonna be 
you've been to a lot of different locker rooms, you've been in a lot of different areas, yeah. right? Even like internationally. So the question really becomes, give me one do and one don't of the locker room. Um, one, okay. I'll give you the one don't first. Um, the one don't I would say is, well, don't trash a locker room. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Don't do that. Uh, remember, usually, usually whatever venue that is, is doing you a favor and letting you use a locker room. Um, they're helping the promotion out. You know, I'm big on that. Like I go to a locker room, I, I make sure that place looks clean. It looks like we weren't even there when it's done. So don't, don't treat the place like it's trash. Okay. That, that's like, to me, the locker room is a special place. Um, and you don't want to lose business obviously for the promotion you're working for. And then a big do take advantage of the people that are there. You know, if there's, um, veterans, people who have been around, talk to them. Don't isolate yourself. Uh, go listen to them. Actually, a big thing, I, I give props to my younger brother. He's wrestling now. He loves to go listen to people call their matches. Mm. So he'll ask, hey, can I, can I listen to you call your match? I was like, yeah, sure. So he'll stand there and just listen. So like, the only way you're going to get better is to be around people that are better than you. So for, the, for aspiring guys, go talk to those people. Pick their brains. Listen to them. Listen to how they call their matches. Watch them wrestle if you're done. Um, you know, do there's a lot you can do to better yourself, even when you're not actually in the ring. There's a lot you can do in the locker room to to better yourself. Yeah, or you just like build a podcast and you just ask people to come on your podcast. Yeah, you can do that too. All the questions. Yeah, do. exactly. I that's what I was we we were talking about it. Uh, me and a couple other wrestlers were talking about it. And they're like, uh, they're like, I've never seen someone come up with the idea of like as you're making your journey. Yeah. grabbing other wrestlers and like talking to them and bringing them on the air. And I was like, it's so weird that there's not a podcast out there that, that would do that. So I was like, I mean, I've created a platform for that. And I was like, yo, this is actually a lot of fun where I get to talk to people and get to know them one on a personal level, but two on a yeah. professional level as well. Yep. So I was like, yo, I was like, yeah, I, and I, I never thought about that. Just asking people if I could just sit around and listen to them, call a match. So that way I could yeah. kind of like, it's so Here weird. I, I, when he, my brother said that, I was like, "What the hell?" I was like, "I never even thought of that." But that's a good that's, idea. <laughs> that's such a great thing. I'm like, I oh, mean, I'm I've, gonna start doing that. <laughs> I've done it before. We're like not the same thing, but I'll ask a veteran, "Hey, can you listen to the match that we have called?" Like, we'll go over the match, and like, hey, can you listen to it? But f- to go there and listen to someone call their match is like, wow, that's actually impressive. So that's something I'm gonna tell students to do from now on. Like, hey, you know, you got free time during the show. Like, pick pick a veteran's brain, listen to them call a match. Yeah, because I know like there's a few other wrestlers that I like to hang out with that are like they've been a lot longer than I have, and I just and I never thought about just hey oh can I just sit here and just listen to you all call your match yeah and just start jotting notes like oh okay yeah yeah, that makes yeah I'm telling sense. you like I mean look it happens every locker room like even one CW I don't I, I don't even mind saying it you look around the locker room you see who's like really taking it seriously who's not um some people just goofing around. Some people look like they're in the zone. They're trying to learn. They're trying to get ready, prepared. Some people, they just have fun. You know, that's fine. But you can tell who's there to, like, take this shit seriously. Um, so for aspiring guys, if you want to take this shit seriously, if you want to make a career out of this, you got to think about those little things. Every time you're at a, near a wrestling ring, it's an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I can, I can, I love, yeah. I love that aspect too. I, yeah. I had a, uh, my first right real big match that I, well, it was a real big match because it was for me. Uh, I got to rock with Beastman um, in oh, West nice. Virginia. Nice. And yeah, I remember like him coming up to me and he was like, yeah, we're going to work for, we're going to do a 20 minute match. I was like, I have barely worked over eight minutes. <laughs> yep. And he's like, don't worry about it. I got you, kid. And I'm like, we talked to match over and we talked like three or four times, but it was like, listening to him call things yeah. out and i was like all right bet and then like we got in a ring and like man the guy took care of me and so i was like yo and i i 100 was all about like i was about putting him over something about i pulled the curtain back with this one but he was like the first person i really met that was like really nice to me outside of like the group of guys that i knew yeah and so i was like yo whatever if beast man needs someone to put him over i'm all i'm your dude and so yeah. like to yep. get that chance, I was like, "Let's go!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Hey, sometimes that's what it's about. Like, sometimes you get to just—that's part of the job. I mean, you put people over. <laughs> yeah, and I was—I like, heard I—I I would never want to be that person. Be like, no, 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 no. I need to go over because I heard I heard some great advice recently. I was at TV, and somebody said, um, "When you're here, worry about doing your job. Don't worry about getting a job." If you do your job, opportunities to get a job will open up. I, like I was that. like, "Wow, damn!" Yeah. Very philosophical. Because people show up and they try, they think they're going to get signed just by like getting a dark match. Like, it doesn't work like that. Do do what you're asked. Be a team player. Be be somebody that you can trust. And you keep doing that, and it, you know, you have a good reputation, and doors will open for you. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. I definitely would be like, yeah. If I if I ever get that opportunity, well, I don't want to say if when I get that opportunity, when? I'm definitely just gonna be like, hey, yo, let me just uh, what do you need me to do? Just get beat up. All right, cool. You're gonna yeah. throw me out of the ring. Uh, can we find another way to like just destroy me other than that? Because I don't want to <laughs> fly outside the ring. <laughs> yo, so those are all my heavy hitting questions, yep. but we do gotta get into the best segment of the three count yep. podcast, and that mm-hmm. is the three count podcast ten count questions. Mr. LSG, this is how it works. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast. Whatever your answer is, is your answer. Okay. So we're going to put on the imaginary timer for added pressure. Beautiful. Bing. And in the words of Mike Goldberg, here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Smackdown. Favorite cartoon? X-Men animated series. Nice. Uh, PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Favorite movie? Uh, first Blue's Day Off. Let's go. That's a great pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Batman or Superman? Batman. All right. Uh, favorite actor? Ooh. Oh, man. Uh, oh, shit. This is hard. Uh, oh, man. Damn. <sighs> Uh, let's go Ben Affleck. I like him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Marvel or DC? Ooh. I'm going to have to go with Marvel. Okay. Favorite podcast? Three Cow Podcast. Let's go, man. It's not like we <laughs> haven't been marketed everywhere, man. <laughs> let's <needs> go. <laughs> <laughs> Nominate uh, one person that you want to see on this podcast. Um. Uh, Gabby Ortiz. 
you know what's funny is that Gabby's actually been on our podcast twice. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I never again. Don't ever let her on it ever again. <laughs> yeah. All right, she's a... Let's see who else. Um, oh, man. Me, I'll come back on. Yeah, I'm all about that too. Yeah, I'll be like, back. We can definitely run this back and do a round two. I'm all about it. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, uh, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on this show favorite curse word. Oh. It's gotta be fuck. It's gotta be right. Like, God, there's, like how, there's so many good uses for it. It's right, like, you can use it everywhere. <laughs> you can use it in so many different ways. Like, look at this fuck over here. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? Like, let's fuck. Like, there's so many. It's great. And then sometimes you have somebody's mom who listens in on the show, and then oh, she gets shit. mad because you drop a whole bunch of curse words. Sorry, Whoops. Mama Renegade. I know you're listening because I know you're watching the show right now. <laughs> But yo, those are all the questions I do have for you. So the last thing I need is for you to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Yes. So my handle across all social media at Leon St. Giovanni, L-E-O-N-S-T-Giovanni. Um, look up LSG, the Ace of Space. You will find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Um, got some cool stuff coming up. I'll be in Chicago Friday. Uh, that's October 28th for WrestlePro. I'm heading back to Alaska again for WrestlePro. Um, WrestlePro, we have our 100th, 100th show. It'll be on Fight TV November 12th. I'm the uh, champion over there, so I'll be defending my championship against Dan Moff. Um, so, yeah, definitely check out WrestlePro because that's where you're going to find me. That's my home promotion right now. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, 1CW. I'll be back soon. 2023, most likely. But, um <laughs> Take a keep an eye out. I will be back when you least expect me. Hey. Yes. Well, there you go. He gave you his handles. He even gave you his home promotion. So you need to go check that out on Wrestle uh, Wrestle Pro on Fight TV. It's definitely a great show. So you guys be paying attention to that. But you know what that means. Like every great part of a wrestling match, we gotta take this home. Cause this is the three count podcast presents now in ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. And by now, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm your Sherpa, so, you know, you can deal with me. But like every good Sherpa, it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And you see him right there, okay? Mr. LSG himself. So you guys know what to do. Tune in to the next episode and be there. Or you're following us on all of our social media platforms. Just subscribe to our YouTube channels. You're even paying attention to us on Spotify, leaving us those five-star frog splash reviews on Apple Podcasts. You're either buying all of our merch, commenting on all of our videos, telling your friends about that, or really you're just kind of waiting for this episode to end, you're waiting for the outro, and then you're choosing another episode to listen to. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. 
we want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the 3Count Podcast, and in there, you can leave us a message, and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys, and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the 3Count Podcast also has merchandise. Oh! At prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the 3Count Pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys, and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please.